All right. So one thing about this lesson that 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 we can really glean from um, is that your life's work must work. Right. And we all have a work given to us by God that we're supposed to do. We'll go over these first five points and then we'll kind of I have wrote some notes down that I kind of kind of inspired me um, to kind of give you one of those uh, life lessons before we get into the book. Um, but the first one says the first foundation is to save how much for the emergency fund? Five hundred dollars. We all we all we've been talking about for the last couple of days that um, it's not if emergencies will happen it's when they'll happen. That emergencies, uh, they don't come in the most convenience of time. They come when there is most inconvenient. And we also said that Murphy's law is what? It will go wrong. It, every single thing from your organs to um, your car to to think your favorite device, um, everything was made uh, to eventually break down, right? Um, since we were uh, um, uh, removed from the Garden of Eden, death came. When sin came, death came. And so everything that has life will decay and will die. Right now, you're dying. Like, we're all dying. Like, we're, we're, we're in a place where uh, we're slowly getting older, slowly dying. That's the reality. I tell people the ultimate, there's two ultimate realities. Uh, the first ultimate reality is the Bible says it's appointed for every man to die. And the second reality is after that uh, is the judgment. So once you make death make sense to you, you actually start living. I remember when I was younger, when I began to process the concept of death, I said, you know what? Every single one of us, are, unless Jesus tarries, is going to die one day. That's the reality. Nobody's ever escaped death. Nobody will ever escape death. Death will happen. The reason why we don't live is because we don't understand death. Death makes life livable. Death puts life in perspective. So right now, I go hard every day because I don't know when it's going to be my last day. One day, there will be a last day for me. What? Well, not soon. But there's going to be a day where I start my day like normal. I go and do what I got to do, and there's going to be a day where I'm going to leave. There is a death date. Uh, we talked about how... Um, there, everybody has, everybody knows their birthday. Uh, my birthday is December 31st, 1985. What's your birthday? Uh, June, June 1st. June 1st, what year? 2004. August 8, 2005. 2005? March 26, 2005. August 2nd, 2003. 2003? Yeah. 2006? Yeah. 2006. August 15, 2005? 2006. So everybody knows their birthday. Mine's 12, 31, 85. Damn. What? I know. Y'all ain't heard it. Yeah, I was born in the 80s. Right. So, but, but what comes after that? 86. No, no, no. What oh. comes? <laughs> the dash. The oh, the death day. But nobody in this room has a clue of their death date. Yeah. Nobody knows this, but everybody knows this about their birth date. But this dash represents something. What does that dash say to you? The in-between the in and what else? Uh, That's right, in-between. What does that dash represent? Uh, the phases you went through through life. That's right, yep. It could be any answer. The one I'm looking for is this. That life is short. Oh, because it's like a short. It's a short line. 
Life is short. The dash ain't 50 miles long. This should be a reminder that life is short. Even if you live 100 years, life is short. The Bible says uh, that everyone's life is like a what? It's a vapor. Here one moment, gone the next. If I don't make sense of this, because no matter what, we're heading towards this. Then when I understand this, then I can actually live this. If I understand my death date, then I will manage every date well. Because I know that you don't want to be on this day. Because there's going to come a day where <clears throat> the reality of death is going to hit you. You're going to be like, oh, shoot, I'm dying. Maybe you're in the middle of a car accident. Maybe you're in the hospital room and the doctor says, hey, man, you got 15 minutes to live. There's going to be a moment where you're going to have reflection if you're not killed immediately, right? There's going to be, uh, or yeah, whatever. There's going to be a moment you're going to be like, man, what did I do here? Some people's dash is not even there. People don't even know that it was there. There are certain people's dash is going to live a long time because they're going to be like, man, that, that person did more in a little bit of time than most people did with the most of their time. Jesus' ministry was three years long, but we still impacted 2,000 plus years later from three years of impact. All right? And so when you understand um, um, the, the importance of life, then you will say, oh, the importance of death. Death ain't even the worst part. It's that judgment. God is not going to ask you. He doesn't have to. Like we said before, you're going to be in such a reflection mode that judgment will be silent. I don't know how it is. I haven't been up there. But I just know that about the time you cross this barrier, you're going to be in full understanding whether or not this made an impact, not just to you, but to people and to God, I want to bring God something like, okay, God, yeah, this, uh, 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 or I want him to be able to say, and this is all I want to hear from God, it's well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Very gift. Very gift. Say, hey, man, I was, and God, God is tallying. Like, I don't know how many people I've impacted. I don't have the number. I don't have the number of, of, of people that have um, been blessed by my life. But I know God does, and I can't wait to hear that number. That Josh, you did the most. Now, will I be perfect? No. That's going. Of course, it's going to be stuff I missed. But at least most of my stuff was in the mix, or in the midst of of whatever I've done. So it won't be no awkward conversation with God. And that's why you have to be very careful because, like right now, time is shorter. Time for y'all is shorter than probably for me. And what I mean by that is, I was able to get married. I was able to have a daughter. I was able to travel. I was able. But as we look around, man, these days are last, last days. Now, don't get me wrong. They've been saying last days since Jesus days, right? And then next thing you know, a thousand years pass by, right? So I'm not sitting there saying that he's coming back in three days, five years, or ten years. He may not come back for another 2,000 years. But at the same time, whether it is his time to come, I got to make sure that my time is in the right direction spent on him. And so that's why you, in order to uh, um, be able to pay for emergencies, you have to have a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Urgency. Like, like right now, like I, I had about two and a half, three, four hours of sleep, three and a half hours of sleep. But it's urgent for me to give you the word. It's, it's urgent for me to give you this lesson. Why? <clears throat> because this may be the lesson that changed your life. This may be the lesson that makes you avoid other lessons. Like, there's two classrooms to learn from. What are they? Two types of classrooms. 
Observation, yeah. So there's two, two classrooms. You can either learn from uh, the classroom of observation or you can learn from the classroom experience. You know how many people have a bunch of experience but don't learn from them? You don't experience the same type of girl, the same type of guy, the same type of life, and you ain't learn. So people, but I learned from experience. No, you didn't earn from experience. Like, like in order to earn from an experience, I have to learn from experience. But the best way to learn is to learn and earn from somebody else's experiences. That's why transparency is important. That's why I tell you about my life. I give you an open a door to my life so you'll be able to say, learn to avoid what I went through. Avoid it. And right now, like I tell y'all, man, if I was y'all's age, man, I would be creating income like that. I'll be, I wouldn't even be focusing on social media. I wouldn't even be focusing on relationships. I wouldn't even be focusing on a lot of things because I know one day this day will come. I don't know if it's going to be sooner or later for whoever, but I know for a fact this day is going to come and then that day is going to come. There's going to be the same, the death date and the judgment date, the same day. That's a pretty big day. <laughs> I, I, think, I think people don't be scared to die. I think they're scared of the judgment. They're scared of judgment. But the, the, the sad thing is, is that they don't realize that that's a reality. That I, I, whether I'm afraid of death or God. I still got to make a decision because these days are unavoidable. They don't change. They don't change. And so that's why I tell people that's like if you're a friend of God here, it won't feel weird here. If I judge my life and judge it with the word of God, look in the mirror of the word of God every day, then when judgment day comes, I have nothing to worry about. Like, for instance, if, like if your best friend is hosting a concert, is hosting an event, Hosting a birthday party. When you get to the, when you get to the, uh, what, what's your favorite restaurant? Like, just throw a restaurant out there for me. Uh, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Bojack. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you want to have your birthday party, ain't no wrong with birthday party, Bojack. But if you have an Olive Garden, it's your best friend's party, and and you ain't gonna walk up to the door nervous, are you? No, because you're gonna be like, no, this is my friend's party. Like my name on the top of the list. Like for instance, if my wife's having a birthday party. I'm not going to be nervous if I'm getting in. I paid for it. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that right there. I paid for that. So I, I'm getting in. I don't care. I'm getting in right now. <laughs> Y'all told me I had this venue from this time to that time. So if, I'm, if I have a relationship here, I don't have to worry about if I'm going to get through them pearly gates or not. I think it might be just like a, a, another day. Another day. And it's going to be the best day you ever had. Because... No more pain, no more sorrow. Walking on streets, baby. Walking on streets of gold. You know what I mean? Mansions. Like you know what I'm saying? Fulfill, doing your purpose in a, in a in a in a in a an amazing environment. So urgency helps me prepare for emergencies because when I'm urgent, I say, okay, I can't waste this money. Urgency doesn't mean I'm anxious. Urgent just means I capitalize on the time I have. I capitalize on the moment. I'm urgent. I'm alert. For instance, if you're if you're lackadaisical on a basketball court and you don't have a sense of urgency in the, in three minutes left in the fourth quarter, what is your chances of winning? You got to be urgent. You got to be like, you know, <clears throat> urgency. The thing is, if you wait to the fourth quarter to be urgent, it's too late. Most games are won on the bus ride to the game. Most games. That's real. Most games are won the morning of the game. Most games are won the practice for the day of the game. It's the momentum. 
The momentum makes these moments better. The game. So when it's time for me to fulfill my purpose or it's time for me to be whatever, the, the urgency of life. I understand if you had nine lives and waste five of them. That's cool. I understand. You got nine. Waste five. You only got one. And do you know how long eternity is? You get to determine where is your eternal home. By what you do on the earth and how you accept what Christ did on the earth for you and determine if you spend eternity with him. And people think heaven is just going to be boring and, and all we're going to do is just be, be bored. Now, nah, heaven, if, if you, the most enjoyable moment, come on here, the most enjoyable moment you have on this earth cannot compare to the moment you have in heaven. So the first foundation is say $500 for emergency fund. So that means in order for me to put myself in that position, I got to have, I got to be urgent. I got to say, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to wait till I have a wife and kid or wife and kids to be urgent. Because we said in fourth quarter, man, fourth quarter is over. Fourth quarter, man, we were saying earlier, we got basketball players walked in. We talked about if you wait to be urgent in the fourth quarter, the game's over. I'm sorry, mister. Did you get permission to come in here? Oh, they had, they had the device. Oh, okay. I from, uh, yes, okay. ma'am. No problem. Okay, okay. They just getting their stuff. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, <clears throat> so, no problem, no problem. Urgencies leads to emer- helps you be prepared for emergency. Number two, an emergency is a what type of expense? Unexpected. Man, there's probably going to be the more the, the most weighty the most weighty times of our life are the unexpected moments, not the expected. Most of us expected to come to school today. But most of us on our way to an expect, uh, 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 expected, expect, uh, expect, uh, what's the proper English? An expected end or whatever. There's something unexpected to happen. Every time I go home, I say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym at this time. I'm going to try to work on my book at this time. And then I'll have my baby girl for five hours. Something else happens. Something else happens. And there's no knock to them. One thing that I learned about a, one thing I learned about being a married man or being a man is you have to be okay with the unexpected. You have to plan. You have to have buffers for the unexpected. Like the Bible says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails. So, for instance, if I was so gung-ho on success and making money and working, 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 then I choose my unexpected. I'd rather be, and I, I don't know if I said this to y'all in my Bible class. So, for instance, my daughter is, what, four months this week? Four months. Right? One day she's going to be 14. I'd rather take the unexpected moments here than the unexpected moments here. How many of you all right now, you don't raise your hand, you have a, a nice home, a decent home, decent parents, but there's something growing inside of you Low self-esteem, insecurities, fears. Come on, Come on Israel. You have all, see, right now, your parents are unaware of some of your fears. Right now, your parents are unaware that you're insecure about something. Right now, your parents are unaware of, of where you are right now because they wasn't here, here. 
Because they wasn't here at four months years old, four years old, 12 years old. Now, all of a sudden, something is growing unexpectedly in your heart right now to the point to where now they wake up and be like, oh, I didn't know you was dealing with that. So my mentality is I'd rather be inconvenienced here. I'd rather do what's expected of me here, even if it's unexpected in certain moments, than to be unexpected or come at an unexpected expense here. Because these expenses are cheap. Diapers, right. time, energy. That's, 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 I could, that's easy. That's, that, that, it feels expensive. But it ain't expensive when my daughter brings a guy I don't like. But, but, but that's like, you see, you got a whole baby for like five hours. Five so hours. That's a shift. That's a shift. That's how, so that's I work eight, I work, and it takes me 45 minutes to get here, 45 minutes to get home. So that's an hour and, uh, hour and 30 minutes. Hold on. What's 45 and 45? So 80, that's an hour and 20 minutes. So that's an hour and a half. Hour and a half of commuting on top of working eight hours here. On top of my wife sending me a honeydew list every time I go home and go to the grocery store for. By the time I get home, I only got about an hour, hour and a half window to take a nap and to even to unwind. Then I'm holding my daughter from 8 o'clock to 1 o'clock. And I got to be up by 5.30. To one o'clock, because my wife got to sleep. So that's why I say all the work I'm putting in here, loss of sleep, it's going to pay off. A happy wife, a happy daughter, a happy life for me. But right now, these expenses are easy. But I don't want her to come back talking about dad, I'm pregnant. That's an expense. Dad, you know, I'm suicidal. That's an expense. I'd rather lose sleep here because all I hear is goo goo ga 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 That's all I hear than to hear that over there. So an emergency is an unexpected expense. Whether you like it or not, an unexpected expense right now. And if you stockpile money, you stockpile because some expenses money can't pay for. There are certain people right now on their deathbed who don't have enough health to get wealth. You need health to get wealth. And you need health to sustain wealth. You said what, friend? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, <clears throat> you have to make sure you spend your health correctly. Because some people right now, real quickly, some people right now are spending their health to get wealth, and then we have to spend their wealth to get health. It's the reverse. Do you know health is not that expensive? I can do I can do jumping jacks. I can do push-ups. That's free. I can go outside and run. That's free. I can eat organically. That's not free, but at least it's not that expensive compared to hospital bills. Gyms are yeah. expensive. Huh? Gyms are not that expensive. So you determine where you spend. So if I spend the bulk of my time getting health, ruining my health to get wealth, then I'm going to have to spend my wealth to get health. That's why it's important to just go into stealth mode and just say, I'm going to work on me. And then my health and my wealth would be what they are. Number three, money comes from what? Uh, uh, work. Work. Yep. That's where I want to sit on for a little bit. I have some points that I wrote down that I was inspired by. Uh, he, the one thing that stuck out uh, is he said, learn to create income. Learn. Before you can earn, you have to learn. 
And before you can learn, you have to burn. And you have to, there you go, appreciate you. That's good. Okay, okay. You have to discern. Discern, burn, learn, and then earn. After the, before I burn something, I have to discern the will of God for my life. If I don't take time to discern, then I could be burning the wrong thing, learning the wrong thing, learning the wrong thing and then earning the wrong thing. <laughs> So many people have, have this is clouded. They don't, they don't know how to discern. They don't know how to be still. Yes, sir. Discern means to be able to determine what God wants you to discern. I, discerning is like, I know what to do. Discerning is like, I'm feeling what I'm supposed to do. Discerning is like, I know the difference between what I should do and what I shouldn't do. I'm able to determine. You're calling it, so it's like feeling Like one thing, like a lion doesn't have to. You said what now? You know without a doubt. And the scariest thing in y'all's group, and even in my group, and even a group beyond me as far as age, the scariest thing is to be on a planet and don't know why you were sitting here. That's the scariest thing. I am 100% fully persuaded on why I'm here. So now there's no wonder. There's no, oh, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be, a, no, 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 no. I'm 100% sure that I'm a wordsmith. Words is what I'm supposed to do for the herds. That's what I'm supposed to do. Use my gifts and talents and words, people skills to be able to help people uh, get closer to God. So I'm 100% sure. And if you're not 100% sure right now, you should be urgently with a sense of urgency Trying to find out what you was here to do. Discernment says, discernment says, I know what to burn and I know what not to burn. Discernment says, yeah, I'm too young for a relationship or I'm too broke for a relationship or, or I, I'm, I'm able to say, nah, that's not good money. Like you have to be able to, like, there's been contracts sent my way that I had to burn. Oh, I was going to earn a lot, but I was going to burn a lot. I was going to burn my family. I was going to burn my, my energy to make some money. Not all good money is good money. Not all money is good money. Discernment is being able to say, what's the difference between a, a counterfeit and a counterpart? We'll talk about that. A counterfeit is something that you've tried to force fit into your life. It's not, it's not real. Can a counterfeit $100 bill pay for anything? <clears throat> it can't. So they also say that the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Secret Service or the people's over the Discerning, not discerning, but yeah, discerning uh, between what's a real $100 bill or what's a real money or what's fake money. They don't study the fake that much. Why? Why do why they study the real more than they study the fake? So you could discern. <laughs> so you could discern the real. Mm-hmm. If I'm so, if I'm, if I, if I'm, if I'm able to know what's real, then if I know the real, real well, then when a fake comes back a spot like that, because I'm so familiar with the real. That's why the closer you are to God, that's what I'm saying. Like when I read my Bible, it's like I'm in a different, I'm in a different zone. Like when I'm, when I, when I'm spending time with God, I'm in a different realm. I'm more sensitive. See, we lose sensitivity when we, when we lack activity or spiritual activity. When I'm not spiritually active with praying, read, so people, let me put you on game. People look at reading their Bible or praying as chores. It's something that I have to do. No, it's something you get to do. <clears throat> See, for instance, Will you bring a knife to a gunfight? No. Why? That's just dumb. 
But how many times we bring a dull knife to a spiritual gunfight? We in the middle of a spirit, like whether you like it or not, uh, Minister Chapman was saying, no matter what, like, like Jesus responded in a spiritual battle with Satan. I don't even want to call it a battle because a battle means that, you know, you, you are equal enemy. Like you're, we're wrestling. It was a, it was a, a conversation. Most battles, spiritual battles are won if you know how to communicate. If you're able to say, what's our, what's our only weapon in a spiritual battle? The word. Of the word of God. Because Satan and demons, they go off the of legalities. Most people are destroyed not by hands, not by weapons, but by papers. Contracts. Contracts is just words. And there's a spot for you to sign and a spot for you to sign. Right. <clears throat> so a lot of issues in our world today is because people signed bad contracts. Without reading the little small little, little stuff down here. Right? So they love this because this says how much money you're going to make, how much opportunities you're going to have, etc. But they don't read the commitment. Like right now, no matter how wealthy LeBron James is, LeBron, LeBron still has to play in Indiana. <laughs> LeBron can say all day, hey, man, I do not want to play, you know, whatever. What's his name going to say? Look at the contract. Steph Curry, no matter how bad Steph Curry want to be with his family, when the NBA said we need you in China, we need you in Asia, to boost our interest over there. Who's on a plane to Asia? There's a book called 40 million, uh, 40 million Dollar Slaves. You're making $40 million a year, but you're still slave to somebody. And so when you're signing these contracts, and you don't, and you don't understand, most people fall because the only thing they can understand is, is emojis. Money, opportunity. The only thing they can know, I just want to see this. They only, they only, we have been so conditioned to read emojis and to read signs, we don't know how to read words. Because the people that write the contract, they write at a vocabulary higher than yours. Because they know all you're going to look at is this. And you're going to blind out because all you hear is how much money I'm making from this. Sign my name on the paper. But you don't know you got to give up your soul for it. Selling your soul doesn't mean... <clears throat> A demon comes up in the middle of the, uh, middle of the uh, boardroom and says, all right, man, hand me a soul. Yeah. It's selling away <laughs> your consciousness, selling away your morals, selling away your standards to the point to where you fully occupy and with a devilish mindset, etc., etc. You look at Kanye West, you look at Orlando, uh, I think it's Orlando Boom, Broom. You look at Brown, my bad. Yeah, that's right, Orlando Brown. You look at all these different people, Michael Jackson, uh, 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 Whitney Houston, Prince, all these people sign deals that sell their soul. And these people know that you see, you saw what we've done. We also got pictures and videotape of what you've done. The best way to, to destroy a person's life is blackmail. To get you to do something you knew you shouldn't have done, didn't know that was recorded, didn't know that we got pictures of it, that now I can control you. Because you sold your soul for the dollar, oh. 
And now every time I call you, you got to do what I got to say. And so what I'm trying to say is, is that if you don't know the vocabulary of the word of God, if you don't have the vo a biblical vocabulary, you will only settle for the devil's purse. So you have to understand that the, the devil is only going to throw. So the Bible says, cast down vain imagination, every thought that exalted itself in the knowledge of God. So here's your knowledge of God. The devil ain't going to throw up here. That's too much energy. He's going to throw it right here. Just enough to Just enough to be close enough to what you know to embarrass you later that you didn't know much. So you was dumb enough to go for this. Right. So now you're falling because you went for that. So now a lot of people don't know how to discern. A counterfeit is anything you try to force fit into your life. That means uh, you ever seen a little, when y'all was babies and whatnot, and y'all had a little board, and it had a triangle hole right there, a square uh, yeah. hole right there, a circle yeah. hole yeah. right there, yeah. and an octagon hole right there? Yeah, that thing's about, about uh, my doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. Right. I still, I still there ain't nothing wrong with that. I think it's some motor skills. Motor skills. So imagine, imagine you got, here's the shapes over here. Yeah, I'm just be bored sometimes. Here's the octagon. Okay, whatever. People do this. <clears throat> Here's your life. Here's the boy. Here's the girl. So what they do is, I'm going to try to force this in here. Now, you can force it in there, but it's going to break pieces off. Right. It's not. But you still got gaps here. You have gaps here. It's not going to be whole. It's not going to be whole. We have to understand that God has a perfect fit. So when you take this guy who was meant to be with this person, but you put it with you, you have gaps. So now you got parts of it and parts of him are broken off because he was trying to force to be fit in your life. And there's gaps in your life because that wasn't a perfect fit. A counterpart is something that was meant to play a part in your life. Now, my life, this is me and this is my wife. We're not perfect in regards towards, we don't have the same personality, we're not the same height, we're not the same size, but our purposes match. Same height. Yeah, she's, she's actually 5'10". 5'9", 5'9". Yeah. She could never wear a But the thing is, people don't understand. The problem is, think about this, the reason why... We're messed up is because we're looking for people or things to complete us, hindering us from complimenting something. Now, for instance, um, Cheston's. Cheston's shirt is a whole shirt, right? Is there holes in his shirt? No. Cheston's tie is a whole tie. Is there holes in his tie? Cheston's watch is a whole watch. Is there any messed up with his watch? No. But it completes a what? An outfit. But it doesn't complete him. It complements it. So that tie complements his shirt. The watch complements his outfit. But it doesn't complete him, right? The issue is we're looking for people outside of Jesus to complete us. So when you make a guy and you try to force him to complete you, you will still have gaps and holes in your life. Complimenting someone means <clears throat> that when me and my wife together, we complement each other. We match each other. A counterpart is something that plays a part. Now, your life is a counter. What's, what, is, what, what happens over a counter in most times? Oh, wow. What happens over a counter? Huh? Transactions. So money, what else, what else happens over a counter? Uh, keep going, keep going, throw them out. 
Business? Yep. Business? What else happens over at County? Deals. Deals? Uh, food? Food. Medicine. Medicine? Oh. Medicines? So much happens over at County, and this is your life. <coughs> you, you give us. So now you got to watch because here's your counter. Here's your future. What's coming over? Here's your past or here's your present. You're making deals over your life right now. Yeah. Sometimes it's just uh, you can read on the counter. You can lean on the counter. Mm -hmm. So you got to also say, okay, who's leaning on me? What money am I exchanging over my life? What business am I exchanging over my life? So now if you don't, if you don't respect the counter... You won't know what's the parts. Whoa. And if you don't know respect you as a counter, you're going to have fits because you're trying to bring counterfeits in your life. So you have to understand that, hey, man, I got to discern because, listen, the second greatest decision after the number one decision is something Jesus in your life. The next great decision is discovering who you are. The third best decision in your life is who you're going to marry. Do you know how many people are married to the wrong person? They can't, even if they get out of it, Nobody wants damaged goods. So now I'm saying you done been married two or three times with four or five kids. I told, I told, we kept, I kept it a band with somebody one time when I was younger. And, and she was like, uh, uh, why don't you? I said, I like you, but I don't like what's around you. I got to deal with the, this was like years ago. I was like, I got to deal with your daddy issues. I got to deal with your, uh, or, or I tell people all the time, this girl didn't have no baby daddies. But what I'm saying is, is that. I, I want bags, not baggage. Mm -hmm. Bags means we can travel and go. Bags mean we can put money in the bag. Bag means I can get in my bag. I can, you know what I'm saying? But if you got baggage, that's garbage. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> so when you understand your life, you, you will sit down. Okay, let, let me see the fine print. You fine, but let me see the print. Let me see the imprint on your life. Is, has God have it? Has God had an imprint on your life enough that really makes you fine? Because I'm going to tell you something. Beauty fades. What happens when she get a slash on her face? And now, or what happens when you break a leg? Like, look at Deion Sanders. Now, like, Deion Sanders, like, he lost two toes, and he has to take blood thinners for the rest of his life. We're going to really see if what that girl really likes him or not, that she that was with him. Because he had blood clots. So you have to keep your blood thin so the blood clots won't happen again. So what I'm saying is, is that you got to make sure you marry a counter a counterpart because no matter what happens in your life, they was meant to be in your story. Some people, y'all don't want, what, what, how old are y'all typically? 18, 16, 18, 16, 19 or something like that. The thing about this is this. You're on chapter 17. I'm going to do the average. There are certain people that are supposed to only play a part in this chapter. How many people... How many people, listen to me, how many people did you bring in 2023 that was meant to stay in 2022? What habits did you bring in 2023? So what I'm saying is, when you understand your life, and you understand your life is separated to chapters, then you would ask God, who have you given a script to be in my life? To be in this chapter of my life. So when I discern, in order to discern, you got to do what? In order to properly think things through, discern if it's the will of God for you, what do you have to do? Take time, huh? Take time to do what? Read his word. Read his word, but what else? What you about to say? 
Kip Dole. Let me give you an example. I'll use you, Jordan. So, there are certain things. Okay, you have a certain level of what? Street smarts, right? There are certain things about a person walking up on you that you'd be like, I, I know that. I know not to mess with you. There's certain people that come up to you be like, I, that, well, some of us, some of the people in here may not be able to see. They might be like, like, you know, everybody pretty much knows a scammer from a distance because you'd be like, come on, man. Habits, mannerisms, eye contact. How they display themselves. Discernment is being able to see what most people can't see. But in order to properly see, you have to have experience. So a, a, a kid in suburbia coming to the hood, they walking around like it's, like it's a regular day. Smiling. Green in the mug. And, and then what happens, hear me out, what happens when someone unfamiliar comes into a neighborhood? They're now a target. Because you don't know my, my locale, because you don't know this neighborhood, now I can scam you because you don't know. When I become familiar with God, ain't nobody higher than him. So if I know God, then God's going to be like, I don't care how beautiful she is, I don't care how handsome he is, I don't care if he's a good thing or she's a good thing or it's a great opportunity. That's, there's not devil, not all colleges are bad, but God's going to be like, nah, they ain't the school for you. But, but they're giving me, trust me, man. That ain't for you. But if you're rarely tapped into heaven, you won't be able to discern anything on earth. So now I got to be familiar with my, my real neighborhood. This ain't my real home. So I got to tap into my real home. Earth is just meant for me to do my life's work. That's what all earth is. It's for me to, to see, for instance, I, I get this down all the time. And Miss Riley says, Mr. Ez, I want you to go to California to go to this conference and, and, and come back with some information. If I go to California and I get a house, would that be smart or dumb? I go to California and I spend my... No, think about it. I go to California. I've been sent on an assignment. And I go to California and, 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 I, and I look for houses the whole time. I look for cars the whole time. I'm at LeBron's house for the whole time. I'm over there driving around Hollywood the whole time. And then I'm called back home. And Ms. Riley says, okay, what did you get? Oh, I didn't even go to the conference. <laughs> All I did was buy houses. Now, what is, what is Ms. Riley responsible paying for when I go to Florida, California? What did, what did the school have to pay for? Plane ticket. Plane ticket? Because that ain't coming in my pocket. You're what staying, hotel. Hotel. Where you staying? Uh, Transportation. What else she paying for? Food. Food. Is that my responsibility? Nah. Let me show you a word. What's the two words in provision? What does pro represent? Provide. Whoever's vision is, he's the one that provides for it. So when I, when God called me here, it's not my responsibility to provide for my for his vision for my life. He takes care of it. So what happens is a lot of people don't have enough vision to know God's... Pro Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So what you have to understand is say, okay, God, I have to get a higher vision. I told my ninth graders, I said, listen, if you're in war right now and you're on ground level, who are you going to listen to? Your sniper. Your sniper. Because they can see everything. They can see everything. Your sniper's going to be like, yo, fam, watch out, there's an ambush coming over there. And what is sniper going to do for you? Bing, bing. <laughs> Take him out for you. That's the life I want to live. God... Should I move or should I move on this? Should I go or should I not go on this? You can see and what did the Bible say? God makes your crooked paths what? Straight. 
Straight. So now I got to be so tapped into my real home because this ain't my real home. But yes, God got, God provided me a job for me to get the house I have, the car I have. He provided me with a wife. He provided me. So he's providing for all these different things. But this ain't my home. So I got to be tapped into my home place. Yes, sir. What time do we leave? 10.35. Oh, because that's, this is what the issue is, is this, is that most people are so used to democracy that I used to the, a kingdom. Like, I'm an ambassador of heaven in this realm. This, I'm, yes, I'm a citizen of the United States, but I also have a citizenship in, in Nigeria. So there's dual, so there's dual citizenships. Yeah, dual citizenship. So what, is, what I mean by this is this, is that I'm a citizen here, but I'm really, my home is in heaven. And so if I rarely tap into heaven, how can I have heaven on earth? So that means I have to be, okay, heaven, what do I need to burn? Man, let that go, man. Burn it off your life. Or burn your oil in this. Burn your time in this. Burn, because you're burning time. We spend time worse than we spend how we spend our money. We spend our time like it ain't nothing. We spend our most valuable asset like it's nothing. Because we, I say all the time, we spell time L-I-F-E. You don't spell time T-I-M-E. If you really begin to spell time where I spell you, but like, oh man, I'm spending my time. Imagine if you really manage your time well. Time management means life management. If I mismanage my time, then I'm mismanaging my life. Because this all you got is that dash. That doesn't mean we dash and we quickly get things. Oh, let me maximize that short time. And so now, if you, I'm telling you, if you burn your oil in saving and you burn your oil in investing and you burn your oil right now in developing your God-given ideas, man, you will light up the path for a lot of people. Right now, there's a long path behind my life, 20-something years in ministry or so, right? People's like videos that I've done years ago that I burnt oil doing is still impacting people. Videos I did in 2012, I've had a comment from somebody I did on 2012. It's impacting people right now. What I did at ORU before y'all was even born is still lighting the path. What I did in this school right here opened up a path for me to work here. What's ORU? Or Roberts University. That's when I went to college. Yeah. So now, when I burn certain things, then I can actually learn the right things. Because if I don't burn, then I shouldn't be a doctor. If I don't burn, like my hoop dream had to burn. Josh, no. You can get buckets, but that ain't for you. Burn that so that you can learn the speaking, learn communication, learn people skills so that you can earn generationally. So now I got to understand what's my life's work because I put up a quote right here. Um, you will make the best money doing your life's work. I didn't say the most money, but you make the best money. What's the difference between the most money and the best money? You're miserable. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather make the best money for me, not the most money for me. Quality over quantity. Yeah, quality over quantity. Because there's a, I, the NFL has a what? The NBA has it too. Offseason? Uh-uh. Oh. They have a cap. A team oh, yeah. just... Cap, this ain't baseball, but NFL and NBA, they, can, they can't... They, Lakers can't get LeBron, Kevin Durant. They can't get LeBron, KD, Steph... Clay, they can't go out there and get job rent because they have a cap. Yeah, they're gonna be in debt. Because they know that's unfair. If there's no cap, then it's unfair. 
That means I can have from from point guard from number one to number twelve. I can have all all stars because I got the money to spend for them. So I have to give them a cap so that it can be fair. God gives you a cap so your life can be fair. Because <clears throat> God knows if you, the Bible says, don't make me poor that I steal, neither make me rich that I leave you. I, if God knows that I, I don't want a meal, I don't want a million dollars if, it's gonna, if I'm going to walk away from God. Yeah. Don't give it to me. Don't even give it to me. That's the mindset you got to have. God, I don't want don't anything. Don't even put it in my head if it's going to make me go too far ahead of you. God, I, want, I love God's cap, but can you go over his cap? Yeah. What's the risk? But what's the risk? And so you will make the best money doing your life's work. So what's your life's work? There's a lot of doctors making a lot of good money. There's a lot of athletes making a lot of good money. But when they get to heaven, they have none. The Bible says lay up your treasures where? So that what? Two things can't touch it. Yep. So the rust, so uh, uh, rust can't destroy. Because I'm tell you something. If a if a if a four hundred thousand dollar car sits in the elements for a year without being driven, what's going to happen to that car? It's going to rust. Anything left to itself falls into decay. I can't leave myself to myself because I will naturally decay. I have to read my Bible so I cannot decay. I have to pray so I don't decay. So when you leave yourself to yourself. And you have no momentum to become better. You slowly decay. Go ahead, bro. God created your whole pattern before you were born yep. and everything. So he knows what your life is and everything. That's right. He even know it. So, but it's your decision. What you want to do with your life too? It's your decision. Yeah. And, God, and God has to give you that decision-making ability because love is proven in decision. That's why I tell people, people get mad. And it, this, most, of the, most, the most question I've gotten from top 10 most questions I get is, if God is such a good God, or if God, uh, uh, why did God put the, the tree in the garden? I don't believe that tree had chemicals in it that made them whatever. It was a decision. Why did God put it there? Because he knew... Love can only be proven when the opposite of what you love is present. So if I don't have a tree there, how do I know you really love me? Love is proven in action. I can, I can, I can, this right here I call my shield of faithfulness. This right here, it don't matter how much of a husband I look to y'all. Mr. Ez must be a great man. If you come to church and you see my wife roll her eyes, look at me and with disgust. It doesn't matter what we discussed here about my marriage. If her face is in disgust, then my, my marriage is in dust. It's done. So I always, every time I see a couple, I look at the wife. The wife's expression proves to me if he's a good man. The kid's expression, the way their body language, now if they got in trouble, they got whooped in the car, that's on, that's, that's on them. But if it's a constant thing that they, they don't like to be around their dad, you ain't a good dad, fam. I don't care how much you give. I don't care how good you live in front of me. Your kids despise you. What was my point for saying that? All that stuff. Uh, Maybe it was for somebody in the room. <laughs> oh, uh, man, I forgot. But you were saying something. But anyway, your life's work. We'll talk about that for the last three minutes or so. Money do grow on trees. Because you're the tree. You're the tree. You're the tree. So my thing is, are you growing enough to grow money? 
If you don't put no, if you don't put no stock in your roots, you won't have no fruit. And where you plant it. There are certain friendships that's just destroying your, 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 your root, your fruit. There are certain relationships you're in that's destroying your fruit. There are certain thoughts that you're thinking that's destroying your fruits. And so if I don't take care of the roots, I can't be mad if I don't have certain fruits. So money do grow on trees because I'm the tree. And I got to determine anything because right now I am the Azzy tree. Whatever generation I am in from the Azzy's, from my great, 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 whatever Azzy. All the way now. I'm a tree. <laughs> I am the tree. <laughs> right? Now, everything that branches off of me helps me gain fruit. This branch is my marriage. Because I married a good one. If you if you if you marry the wrong woman or man, it's gonna mess with your money. Another branch is my health and my life. Yeah. Whatever branch it is, before you branch out, get rooted. So I gotta say, you you seen trees? They could take like they. You see houses in North Carolina that got uh, what's some trees in California? Palm trees. trees. You like fam? Palm trees don't grow here. They they grow in South Carolina though. (laughs) Okay, well yeah. So anywhere by water. So for instance, so somebody went to South Carolina and said, "I want palm trees in North Carolina." So even though that tree. Was, was rooted in South Carolina, it can be plucked up and moved to North Carolina. So what I'm saying is God plucked me out of anything that's messing with me, that's hindering me from learning and earning. Because what you do here, these four things, is earning, burning, learning, and earning, is going to determine what your kids enjoy. At this time... All right, we're done. We'll see y'all next time. I dismiss to go to 